Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. This is the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. What follows is the service from November 5th, 2023. Thank you and God bless. begin this morning with a reading from Joshua 3. Joshua 3, 7 through 17. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped at the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still rising in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, while those flowing toward the Sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel was crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. Let us pray. Lord, we also pray that you will stand in our midst, that we may see you, and that our eyes may be open to your presence, which sometimes we confess is hard to see. We worship you and praise you here in the gathering of this community, and as the church assembles the world over, uh, we pray for better vision, and um, we pray for your grace uh, to reach out to be the people of your calling. Bless us this morning. Uh, Have mercy on us. Please forgive us. Hear our praises, our songs, and our confession. We ask that you will regather us in the name of Jesus. Amen. One-eighth of them. 
reading this morning is Psalm 107, verses 1 through 7 and 33 through 37. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs, and there he brought the hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. Let's pray. Lord, we gather here today, and we are just so thankful that we do sing a song of the redeemed. And we are so thankful for the many, many blessings that you have brought to us, that you brought to this congregation, and to our lives personally. We also want to be aware of those who are still suffering and as we um, enter into the winter season and welcome the homeless into our building, we um, just pray that, that you will help us to be a vessel in which those can, they can find a place for rest and food and nourishment. And we also pray for so many in our world right now um, who are victims of war and it's, um, it's difficult to know who's right and who's wrong, but what we do know is that there are so many who are suffering, and we just lift those up today. We also lift up those in our midst, people who we know and who, who come um, together with us who are suffering from illness. We especially think of Carolyn and Stephen and Maria and Phyllis and Leanne, and Pam, and Debbie, and Manuel, and Amy, and Wes. And we're thankful for those who are recovering and healing, but still need um, our prayers and our support for Ray, and for Stina, and for Chuck, and Stephen. And we pray for the missionaries, for Jason, and Emily, and Lindsay, and Manuel, and Hiawatha, Byron, and Snodana as they are doing your work in, um, in our city and also in other countries. Again, Lord, we just pray that you will remind us every morning of all the blessings that we have and help us to live our lives in continual gratefulness of those blessings and also with an awareness um, of those who still need our help in our city. In your name we pray. 27.
so I'm not confusing them using altos and that bass and that tenors and that ramps. <laughs> Yeah. Uh -huh. 
Good morning. It's good to see everybody. What a beautiful day. I was telling folks as we walked in, this is one of those where the students tell the teacher, let's have class outside because it's just such perfect weather. But as one of you said when I told you that, we did that for about a year. Let's just stay inside today, which I thought was probably wise. And everybody's had an extra hour of sleep or you've been up for a long time. Uh, it's, it's one of those, but we are glad you're here. We have a couple of... Uh, presentations or different things we're going to do as we begin the sermon time and we'll kind of have an abbreviated message. Uh, first, we're going to do our traditional prayer to start room the end, and then we're going to have a, a prayer about some of our deacons, and then I'll, I'll go into the message. November 1st marks the beginning of the winter season at room the end. This is one of the great national traditions, going back to the mid-80s, which was started by Father Charlie Strobel, who sadly passed away earlier this year. This is one of those things that unites churches of all streams more than just about anything else going on in the city. And, and we're excited that, that Churches of Christ were there kind of early on being, being involved in this. Room the Inn operates year-round, but November 1st through March 31st, um, churches um, go and pick up folks and bring them back to their church to spend the night, give them dinner, breakfast the next morning, a packed lunch, which the Browns always take care of for us. Thank you. Uh, and then we take them back to room the end. Folks love staying here because we're just like a mile away so they can sleep a little longer and, and still get there on time. Uh, we've been doing this since before I came here, so probably 15 years or so, Akron's done it, Paul? The year before the flood. So the year, we did everything about the flood, the year before the flood, so 2019. So about 14 years. And we are thrilled that we have three members who work with room in the end full time. Paul Spivey, Caden Diffenderfer that's here, and Clay Jones. All three of them do that. So what we do um, at the start of each room in season, the first night our church is doing it is next Sunday night. But we pray over the pillows. We normally host six different men each night. Uh, sometimes we host families, which is beautiful if you've ever been a part of that. Uh, but kids 18 and younger, come on into the middle aisle. And we're going to pray over these pillows. And we're going to lay hands on these pillows. Spread these out, make sure everybody... Get hand on them. Elise, you can go to the front and get those two I missed. There's two at the front of this. Pass those out. Everybody lay a hand. And I'm going to read a passage. Brad Knapp is our, our deacon over room and inn here. And I'm going to read one of my favorite passages about hospitality. This is from Hebrews 13, verse 2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I don't completely know what that means, but I love reading it every time. And, and here's the thing. We have all been a stranger at some point in our lives and some level. All of us. And just one of the things we can do in Christian hospitality is to welcome people in the name of Jesus. Hopefully, kids, you all get an opportunity to make some beds and meet these folks this winter. Hopefully, we all get a chance to break bread with them and sit down, hear their stories, share our story. And here's one of the beautiful things that's happened. Every time I'm with them, I learn something I didn't know about life, about faith, about homelessness in Nashville. And so I think it's propelled us to greater things as well. Brad, you want to lead this prayer? It's the same thing you want to say? I do. So uh, if you guys didn't know, we had, our youth had uh, some stuff that they did uh, this past weekend. Uh, they stayed over at night at church, and they did some stuff for room at the end. Uh, well, some, some things that I heard from the youth was that they didn't sleep very well um, because they weren't at their house. 
Um, and I know my son said when he got home, he was like, I'm really looking forward to being in my own place. Well, let's put that in perspective. The people that we have come here don't have a place. They're in the wilderness, uh, so to speak, much like uh, the, the Hebrews were uh, when they exited Egypt. So uh, we have that opportunity to provide a, a place maybe for some, a little bit more rest than they would have gotten, uh, maybe for a little bit of peace, maybe a little bit of warmth, maybe some food that they haven't seen in a while. So I want to just put that in perspective, uh, especially since our kids had a rough night of sleep when they were staying here the night. And I also wanted to read a, a little bit from uh, John chapter 14. Uh, it says, uh, at the very beginning of the chapter, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I, I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And there, I am, that where I am, you will also be. I'd like to think that uh, when we open our Ackland doors, that uh, we are opening one of those rooms to God's house. So bow with me as we pray. Dear Lord, we all find ourselves in a wilderness at some point. And for everybody that looks different. And Lord, we all need a house to go to. We need a, we need a place that we can call home. We need a place that's going to give us rest. And Lord, I pray for this building. I pray for the servants that are here. I pray for the beds, the linen, the pillows, the food, the presence. I pray, Lord, that it might bring rest, it might bring warmth, that it will be impactful not only to those who serve, but those who are being served. Help us be a home for those who might be looking for a home. Help us be a bridge to uh, something greater, and that greatness being you. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, kids. If they walk back to their pews, uh, let's sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, Something happened there at the end. Kidnotion, always good to giggle in church. Church should be a place of laughter, and I love that. Matt Perkins is going to have a prayer uh, about our comments and a prayer about our deacons. Hey, folks. I just want to say things on behalf of the elders. Uh, so, we, I just want to express like, just like great thanks um, to, to each and every one of you that's a part of our church. Um, it finds ways to uh, to just serve, um, and that includes like you know in this building and out of this building. You know, I, I want to just thank you for those that that work with the poor, that work with the, the sick, 
Um, all the way down to those that just show up and eat donuts and smile and maybe laugh at JP's jokes. We really appreciate that service. Um, and uh, same with Larry's jokes also. So, and, and my jokes. Yeah, we're, we're grateful for yeah, your, your general laughter. Um, um, and, you know, like in, in, the, in the Bible, we see this word deacon kind of get thrown around. And deacon, it, lowercase d, deacon, really just means servant. In that sense, this whole church, every one of us, is a deacon. Um, even if you are really new to Jesus um, or just trying to even figure out who even Jesus is, like being here, being a part of this fellowship, helping us walk like walk together, we are all deacons. But at a certain point, and, and, and this is unclear, <laughs> um, there is a need for what we almost kind of call a capital D deacon, like an office, somebody that that actually has a little bit more responsibility, and the church names them and sort of says, hey, out loud, like, hey, this is a deacon, um, and a person who's actually going to do something specific. Sometimes that's, like in the Bible we see, um, there were widows who weren't being fed properly, and so deacons were chosen to go do that work, to go serve God, serve the community. In other cases, so it's a kind of an aspirational kind of goal, like thing we want to do. In this case, and in, we want to bring somebody forward this morning, um, Ryan Sullenberger has been doing the work already. Um, many of you know he, he, uh, he leads uh, prayer retreats twice a year. Um, he, uh, he's, he often teaches class. Um, I know he's been a great help to JP and just and other, others of us just kind of like talking about spiritual discipline and spiritual formation. And that's kind of what he's been doing. He's working on spiritual formation. That's been a ministry that he's been doing in this congregation. So this morning, we are going to have him come up um, and, uh, and, and, and pray over him um, and just kind of thank the Lord uh, for his work and pray for the work um, that's, that's done in this church. So, um, Paul, you want to come too? Uh, girls, you want to come up? Sullenberger girls and pray for your dad? Come on up and we'll all kind of put our hands on them or stand next to them or whatever. You, I don't know, makes sense. And I'll pray. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're just, um, we're grateful for the Sullenbergers. Um, grateful when they um, came to our church. Grateful for um, just the heart for um, you that they have. Um, God, and I, I just, I'm grateful for the gifts that you've given the Sullenbergers, especially the gifts that you've given Ryan. Um, many of us have been very encouraged by his prayer retreats and his teaching and just him being just a brother. Um, uh, to us, and um, I just I pray for his ministry. I pray for um, just that continued, you know, growth in spiritual formation for the whole church. Um, Lord, I hope that um, uh, by calling this out, by by putting somebody, putting a face on that work, that we would all do better um, at it, and that we would support Ryan, um, and that we would work for that goal and for the ministry of just making everybody better, better um, in tune with um, your wishes and your will, Lord. Uh, thank you so much for Jesus and his example, um, and, and I, I pray that um, all things can be done uh, according to your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's a thrill to embrace Ryan's ministry in this way, and it's probably a good time to mention our other deacons as well. It's been a while since I think we've mentioned them out loud. So Shannon is our new member's deacon. Jackie's our Wednesday night deacon. Robbie, education. Andrew, building and grounds. 
Matt Bauer, Young Kids, who am I missing? Brad Knapp, who's up in the second category in our big pantry. And this guy, Justin Mark, our encourager. Am I missing anybody else, Paul? Somebody think it's a light. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, Chris Church, who works with you, Paul, in finance. So yes, we got it. Thanks to the Well played, Paul. Well played. Okay. Let's take just a couple minutes before we take communion and talk about a few things. And I appreciate uh, the attention kind of a different morning trying to do a few things. Okay, so big picture in the life of our church. Coming up after Thanksgiving, we'll get into what we think of as the liturgical year in the seasons with Advent. And if you've been doing that for a while, you get excited. Because it feels like familiar territory. It's always a little strange, but it's familiar at the same time. And there's a rhythm we get into that is always comforting and always rewarding. The Sunday before Thanksgiving, we do kind of that family time where we talk about uh, new babies we've had, new baptism, people we've lost over the year. We kind of have our big Thanksgiving potluck. So that gave us, gave us this Sunday and next Sunday where I was really wanted to talk about something specifically. Uh, before we get into the liturgical year. And this is what I wanted to say. I, um, I do not know for certain what will happen next year. And I do not want to be a fortune teller um, or place bets or anything on it. But I think 2024 is going to be crazy. Um, I think the political situation in this country is going to be really challenging. And I think likely um, the main candidates we have are going to be very emotionally charged. I'm trying to figure out the mildest yet accurate way to put this. We are going to see videos on the news about things happening in Israel and Palestine and Ukraine and Russia that are going to be increasingly difficult. Because those things are, I don't believe, once again, I'm not an expert, but things I read, it doesn't plan on resolving next week, okay? And I think we'll consider, continue to see things in our homeland that are challenging and difficult. And so it's similar to thoughts I had around election stuff 2016, 2020, around COVID stuff. It's like, I'm concerned about the world. I'm concerned about our state. I'm concerned about our city. But when I talk to you, you know what we're most concerned about? We're concerned about this body right here. And that doesn't mean we're not concerned about others. We are, but there are spheres of influence, there are spheres of relationships, and we're concerned about the Ackland Church getting through this as people of faith, as people of truth, as people of mercy, being soft and light in this world, and getting to the other side of, of life's difficulties. And so this morning, I just wanted to take a few minutes, and we'll continue next week, talk about what it means to fix our eyes on Jesus in the midst of difficult times. And when I see Jesus, that's, that's going above and beyond just saying, well, I'm going to focus on the Bible, I'm going to focus on church, I'm going to focus on faith. But this laser focus on Jesus, which is related to those things, but is more specific. We talk about this a lot here, but if we allow the news cycle and our social media feed to dictate our life rhythms, it's a form of emotional and spiritual slavery. And we just can't be people that do that because we end up in bad places 
we end up just kind of angst-ridden and frustrated, and then we act out in ways that are unbecoming. I've done that. You've seen me do that. I try to apologize when I do it. But we just become a version of ourselves that's not good. And we start to lose the bedrock of what it means to focus on Jesus. So if you would, grab your bulletin. We don't have, on the back of the bulletin, we don't have a set gospel reading that we're going to do as a congregational reading this morning. But I want us to look at at several passages in the scriptures. I basically just want us to have about an eight-minute Bible study here. And then we'll move on to communion. And if you want to grab a pew Bible, I'm going to go through some of these readings and I'm going to announce the page numbers of some of these readings. And I want to start in Hebrews 12. This was passage our, our church camp was based on this past summer. Let's start with Hebrews 12, the first three verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, some translations say author, and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's Hebrews 12. That's page 975. Page 975, Hebrews 12. And notice that the Hebrew writer's admonition there is to fix your eyes on Jesus, and if you do that, you will not lose heart. Let me tell you, the older I've gotten, there are things about faith that have gotten more mysterious to me. And there are things I still, not, still do not completely understand. I reference Hebrews 13, the entertaining angels. Still do not completely know what that means. But I tell you this. Jesus, to me, gets better and better the older I get. I was talking to a friend just the other day. And we were talking about faith. And he was in the season of trying to figure things out. And I was like, listen, I don't have an answer to all your questions. But I'll tell you this. You're not, you're not going to find anyone better than Jesus. One thing in my life I've never regretted is I'm into Jesus. And people showed me Jesus, fall in love with Jesus, follow Jesus. Never regret that. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, good things happen. If you would now turn to Colossians. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. I'm not going in the right order. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is page 937 in your pew Bible. Page 937, 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our life and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's why this is beautiful, and that's also why this is hard. Because when we fix our eyes on Jesus, there's a sense in which Jesus is unseen. And so we're looking at something that is hard to see. And the news cycle, and our social media feed, and our bank account... 
and the crazy person next door that troubles us, all of those things are a lot easier to see than Jesus. And so what we have to do is we have to find ways that we can see Jesus and be reminded during the day about Jesus. In the Old Testament, I specifically think of Deuteronomy, they use this phrase about the commandments. Put them on your doorposts and, and put them on your foreheads. They have these little tassels where they put scriptures. And they basically decorate their bodies and decorate their houses with scripture so that they wouldn't forget. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but for me, for me to see Jesus, I have to put signposts of Jesus throughout my day, throughout my week, throughout my life. One of the signposts is make a commitment, say I'm going to be part of this church family, and I can't go to everything this church family does, but I'm going to be part of this church family because when I see you, and I see the Holy Spirit in you, I see Jesus. Other things would include, I brought, I brought this cross with me. When I was in Israel, uh, specifically in Nazareth about a year and a half ago, I bought this cross made of olive wood, and I love how smooth it is, and it fits in my hand. And I'll go for walks in my neighborhood holding this cross. I throw it in my backpack each morning. I take it with me. And it has a way. I'm not saying it's like a holy relic that I pray to or something, okay? But it has a way of reminding me about Jesus throughout the day. It might be something you wear. It might be a necklace, a ring, an earring, a tattoo. It might be something that reminds you. Which, texting when you're 18, I should insert that. But um, it might be something that reminds you of Jesus. Sometimes I'll listen to worship music in the car. I make sure my podcast feed has some stuff in it that reminds me of Jesus. And, and, and that there's, there's a beauty there. And to think about Jesus. Turn to Philippians 2. This is page 951. <coughs> Philippians 2, page 951. I'm not going to take the time because I don't, I don't want to go over. But if you look at 5 through 11, Paul says, I want you to be just like Jesus. I want you to have the same attitude Jesus had. And then what he does is he charts the trajectory of Jesus. Jesus at the Father's right hand, going to earth, being obedient even into death on a cross, and ascending back up to the Father's right hand. And he charts this trajectory of Jesus. And one of the things we learn from the scriptures as we think about Jesus, we think about what Jesus did. We think about the trajectory of Jesus, the history of Jesus, and the movements of Jesus. And there are six main movements of Jesus. We're just going to do two quickly this morning, or we're going to do four next week, and I've got them there in the bulletin. The six main movements of Jesus. Jesus created the world, so we have creation. Jesus came to us in human skin, the incarnation, or some people would say the first coming or the first advent. Then we have the crucifixion, fourth, the resurrection, fifth, the ascension, which often gets ignored, but is highly significant. And lastly, the return, or the second advent. And we think about Jesus, whether we're in the car or going for a walk. We need to be thinking about these movements of Jesus and how our life gets caught up in these rhythms and in these movements. Let's start with the first one, creation. Turn to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, and this is page 860 in your pew Bible. 860. John 1, 1 through 3. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Listen to this. Through Him, all things were made, were created. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Uh, sometimes people use the phrase, Jesus as the agent of creation. Jesus is God. We think of God as Father, Son, and Spirit. And yet, Spirit is God, Jesus is God, Father is God, and Jesus is God, and Jesus created the world. The implications of this are vast. Okay? If you want to fix something, and don't we want the world to be fixed, you go back to the person that originally made it. Because they're the person that is most credible and most authoritative to come back and fix it. So the fact that Jesus created it all means he's the perfect person to come back and recreate. Because to put it simply, he knows what he's doing. This isn't his first radio. He made it. And he will return to make it anew. Alongside that, look at Colossians chapter 1. I know this is different for us. Thank you for playing along today. Colossians chapter 1. This is page 954 in your pew Bible, Colossians 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I'll pause there, or stop there. Jesus created all things. And this is, when it comes to surviving the things we experience in our world, when it comes to being people of hope and being people of encouragement, this is really key. Because Jesus created all things, all created things reflect Jesus in some way. And if God is good, and God creates good things, then those good things reveal goodness. I want to use this illustration for that. My kids and my wife frequently on my birthday and Father's Day um, give me notes. And I keep these in a, I don't want to brag, but this one specific year, I was the best dad ever. Congratulations on second place, some of you. But, um, you know, I keep these notes with me I put them in my drawer, I put them in my car, I put them as bookmarks and stuff. Because these are reminders of the love my family has for me. When I was out there on the patio this morning, and I was feeling the rays of the sunlight, Jesus created that sun. Jesus created that sunlight. And the glow of that sun on my face is a reminder that Jesus loves me. When you connect with the beauty of nature, when you connect with creation, it is a reminder that God loves you. You can experience God in that. Taking it even further, the created acts of the things that have been created also show us the goodness of God. So when we experience good music, good art, um, good sports, good theater, these types of things 
also reflect the glory of God. When you are at a concert and your heart has come alive, I just want you to say out loud, thank you, Jesus. When you're at the frisk and you see a work of art that just moves you in a way you can't describe, I want you to think, thank you, Jesus. When you see somebody run and perform, whether it be ballet or soccer or whatever it is, and you're like, I'm awestruck by this. Thank you, Jesus. And one of the things that needs to happen when we start to get weighed down by our world is to spend time in creation, but to also make sure we're spending time with art and music and being reminded of the goodness of God. Second, I'll go quickly here. We'll just read one of these verses. Let's read John Let's go to John chapter 1. Back to John. This is on page 860. John 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God came to earth in the person and work of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus is God. And if we want to know how to truly live, how to truly flourish, Jesus shows us the way. I remember years ago, I had a previous church, I had a college student who had been in my youth group come up to me, and he was having all kinds of relational conflicts, and he said, hey, I need, can you give me some advice? And I said, I'll try. I don't know if it would be good advice, but I'll try. He said, I'm having, I'm having a big problem with this person. Let's say it's Henry here. I'm having a big problem with this person. Here's, here's what you ought to do. You ought to go to Henry and uh, be kind and talk to him about your situation. And, uh, and if that doesn't work, take somebody with you, somebody that, that you trust and uh, that Henry also trusts, and take that person with you and, and talk to him about it. And if that still doesn't work, um, go to one of the leaders of our church and see if they'll go with you. And, uh, and I said, I think that's good advice. That's what's worked for me. And he goes, you mean just do what Jesus says in Matthew 18? And I was like, yeah, basically. And he was like, you just ripped off Jesus. And I said, well, I true, but like, it's worked for me. Like, that's, that's what's good, you know? And it's always been funny to me because it's like, he was so well-versed in the scriptures that he knew that idea, but he hadn't tried it yet. But when I told him to it, he recognized it. And it's a reminder, Jesus Lord, Jesus God, Jesus Savior. You know what else Jesus is? Jesus is smart. And when we do, think, we do the things we've instructed in the scriptures, go to, person, go to a person, seek reconciliation, turn the other cheek, do not store treasures in heaven, love your enemies, these things have always been and will always continue to be countercultural. And yet these are the things that help us flourish. So as we, as we say, we've had some crazy years and we may have another one coming up. The key to flourishing, being the person you were always created to be, is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who created all things and came to show us how to truly live it's one of these other scriptures that says, to have the life that is truly life. We'll pick up with the others next week. But as we near the table today, 
let's be an ongoing reminder to each other that there's a lot of things that are important. But Jesus is the main thing. And Jesus will never, ever disappoint us. Let us stand together and sing.
So uh, we'll be sharing communion here in just a minute. And uh, as we prepare our, uh, our thoughts for uh, the Lord's Supper here, um, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit three weeks, um, three weeks ago, yesterday actually. Um, if you were lucky enough, you have been outside, you might have looked up in the sky and seen an eclipse. Um, it was, uh, it's called an annular eclipse. Um, good, hopefully a few people saw it, yeah. It was, it was cool, you could see it from here. It wasn't the full, full-on thing. Um, they call this kind of eclipse a ring of fire eclipse. If you were um, in a place like New Mexico or Utah or even um, the Yucatan Peninsula, uh, near some Mayan ruins. If you're in Colombia, South America, you, you could have looked up in the sky at just the right time and seen a ring of fire in the sky. Um, the moon was passing right in front of the sun in such a way that the sun appeared to be a ring of fire. If you um, were here in Nashville, uh, like I was, and, and it, was, it was right about noon, you could have looked up, it was kind of a cloudy day, but if you looked right through the clouds, you could see a crescent shape up there as the sun being kind of blocked by the moon by about 50%. Um, Anyway, that Saturday I got my kids, you know, outside. I had these, these like pinhole cameras that I made. I kind of dork out about this stuff. Um, but it reminded me a lot of the year 2017, six years ago. There was a full total eclipse here in, uh, in Nashville. You were able to see it from here. And uh, hopefully some of you guys remember that. I'm just gonna walk you through my day a little bit there because it's a big memory for me. Um, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in nature. Speaking of appreciating nature, right? Appreciating creation. Um, I got up that day, I, I went to, to school, I was teaching over at Watkins College of Art on the, on the old campus, and we, uh, we had kind of a viewing party there, and um, because I was kind of dorky, I set up a, a mirror on a tripod and like reflected um, an image of the sun onto a wall of the building so that you didn't actually have to put your glasses on if you wanted to see where we were in the eclipse, because it takes a couple of hours for it to get there, like the, the, the moon kind of slowly passes in front of the sun, and so I put this projection of the sun on the side of the wall, there and then uh, we, me and some of my colleagues, uh, put out some white paper underneath the trees, um, so that when totality was approaching, you could see all these little tiny crescent shapes through through the leaves. It was really really cool. And then of course I made these really weird pinhole cameras. They were like these um, four or five foot tall boxes that uh, if you held them at just the right angle, you could look um, at the bottom and see a projection of the sun on on them. My kids know what I'm talking about because I made them look at them the other day. Um, anyway, it's, it's, it's a really fascinating experience. Of course, the totality is the part that everybody remembers. Um, if, if you weren't here to see it, the totality is only three or four minutes long. It's the moment when the moon passes directly in front of the sun. And in a total eclipse, like the one six years ago, um, it's the moment where you can take your glasses off and you can look directly at the sun uh, with your naked eyes. And you can see a part of the sun that we don't normally get to see with our eyes because Normally when we look up there, it would, it would be too much. We would burn our eyes. Um, but when, when the moon is just the right angle, we can see the corona of the sun. It's really, really beautiful. And uh, I, I, I just remember being really surprised at how much of a, like a, a spiritual experience that was. Um, I actually had two, two big surprising thoughts. Number one was I was actually sad that I wasn't with my family because I didn't expect it to be so like, beautiful, right? And I was kind of like, oh, if this ever happens again, like it's gonna happen in April, this next year, I want to be there with my family. Number two was um, how much it felt like a religious experience. Um, I remember looking over at this guy next to me I'd never seen before. He was like a, a relative of a student, and we just kind of looked at each other like for a second. And we were like, "Did you see what I just saw?" Like um, we, we shared this moment of like you know awe 
uh, awe-inspiring joy. There was people cheering, right? When the shadow came over, um, it was very bizarre. Like, like you could look all the way around you 360 degrees and it looked like the sun was setting. Um, the birds started chirping. It was just like this otherworldly kind of experience. But anyway, thinking about the eclipse, um, it, it, uh, there were three things that came up. It reminded me of this religious experience. Number one, it's communal, right? There's, we're, we're there together, we're, we're all looking at this thing, and we kind of share this joy together, kind of no matter what your background is. Um, two, uh, even though they are communal, not everybody cares that much. Like, there were still people like driving around. Not everybody was like looking up in the sky to, to witness this beautiful thing. Um, and maybe on a, a more complex uh, line of thought, like related to this idea of, of fully experiencing the sun, um, I had this, this moment of like, wow, you know, I've lived 30 some odd years here and I've seen the sun every day, but I've, I've never seen the sun like this before, you know? It's like, I've, I've seen the sun, but I've never really seen the sun. So that was, that was just this really incredible moment of like realizing that I hadn't fully experienced the, the sun itself, you know? I had this, this brand new experience of the sun. Um, so, the parallels here, you know, with, with religion, I kind, of, I kind of felt like there was this analogy going on, right, um, between like like some kind of religious experience, maybe even our table experience here today, and and the eclipse. The eclipse is a thing you have to kind of chase. You have to be in the right spot to see the eclipse. You have to orient yourself in the right place in order to to, to experience the fullness of the eclipse. And so, I, I guess if I was going to summarize this analogy, it would go something sort of like this: If God's love it's like the light of the sun. You can't see the light of the sun in its fullness until you've looked at it while standing in the shadow of the cross. So I'm going to read that one more time just because I feel like it's valid and important to what we're about to do here. So if God's light is like the light of the sun, you can't see the light of the sun in its fullness until you've looked at it while standing in the shadow of the cross. We'll think about that for a minute as we show this cup. All right, I'm going to pray. Father in heaven, we are in awe of your power and your might. You set the earth and the moon and the sun in motion. You created the planets and the stars and the galaxies. When we think of that, we realize we're very small. But we also know that you care about things that are very small. You clothe the lilies in their beauty. You feed the birds of the air. You've counted the hairs on our head. Lord, we gather today here at this table to remember the time many years ago when you considered us. You sent your son to earth to live as a man. He lived blamelessly. He demonstrated a life of service and compassion. And he chose willingly to suffer and to die a painful death. When he knew the time had arrived for him to die, he sat with his disciples and wrote bread. Take and eat. This is my body, he said. As we share this bread together, we acknowledge the life and death of Jesus. We let this bread feed our spirits as we grow together. As we take this bread, please speak to us. May we open our hearts to hear what it is you want us to hear. Let this bread connect us together as one body, united in Christ. In his name we pray.
prayer with the cup. Lord, as we uh, share this cup together, we are reminded particularly of the death of Jesus, of his blood that was poured out for many. Father, death is hard to look at. It's difficult to talk about. The death of Jesus was ugly, it was brutal, it was bloody. It didn't make sense. But just as the moon sometimes passes in front of the sun, it allows us to see part of its light that we didn't know was there before. So the cross allows us to see a side of you that's willing to suffer. The part of you that shares in our pain and endures it along with us. Some of us here in this room may be called to suffer, perhaps not today, but someday. Many of us here in this room will experience physical and emotional pain, some of it indescribable. Some of us may be experiencing that pain right now. As we share this cup, we remember Christ's willingness to suffer with us. We can be confident that Christ sees us in our pain. And through this cup, may we share in Christ's courage and in his faithfulness. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. On the first Sunday of the month, we pass collection plates uh, for anyone who feels led to give in that way. Um, if this isn't your thing, we have a box in the back you can give at or you can give online. Um, of course, money isn't the only way to give, so um, just want to remind you, no pressure, especially if you're visiting with us. We're happy to have you here, no matter what. 
Let's pray over this plate. Father, we're thankful for all that you've blessed us with. As we give back, may we give with a joyful heart and a hopeful spirit. Let us be mindful of the many ways we're able to give, whether it be through sharing our money or by gifting our time in order to serve and encourage one another. Help us to be constantly looking for ways to give, not only to our brothers and sisters here, but also to our larger community. We're thankful that our youth took time over the weekend to volunteer and serve. Lord, please bless these gifts today as they go outward to support missionaries in other parts of the world who are working continuously to share your good news. In Jesus' name we pray. worth adding 
to um, to the the cries and heartache um, of so many across our world, God. Uh, but I I pray, Lord, that that you would give us tender hearts. Lord, I pray that the the things that you have called us to care about, the suffering of the world, um, of other people, that you have called us to be attuned to and given us the example of your son Jesus to follow, um, would not be reduced to just headlines and sound bites in our lives, God. Uh, I pray you would give us tender hearts, and I pray that you would turn our eyes to Jesus and fix our eyes on him, Lord, and in doing so, turn our anger towards love, our frustration towards empathy, God, and our apathy towards compassion, Lord. and I pray, I pray for those in our midst who are experiencing suffering, God. I pray for those who we will be welcoming um, into our doors here to spend the night, Lord, who are in the midst of homelessness. Um, and I pray for our, our own lives as we leave here. Uh, with the opportunity to be people who are fixed on Jesus, Lord, who are set on um, on living as you have called us to live, God. So I just pray that you would give us tender hearts and you would break them for what breaks yours and that you would teach us to respond to that heartbreak as Jesus did. In Jesus' name. Morning, church. It just dawned on me that the last couple of times I've been up here, I told jokes, and I'm sorry. I failed. I did not come prepared today, so please forgive me. But I did want to share that today is Mariah Mullen's birthday, uh, so Mariah needs some love and would love to hear from you guys uh, as she's turning two hands uh, and would love to hear from you. Linda Woods and Austin Nichols also have birthdays this week, but they're out celebrating a little early, um, so they would love to hear from you via text or phone call. Thank you to the Delonies for uh, this past weekend. Thank you to Austin and the many volunteers that were here to help with the youth this weekend. Uh, youth, uh, make note of this as well, that um, this Wednesday night, if you want to meet up with Conways, you're going to go to Riverwood for a special um, uh, uh, gathering, uh, a teen worship night. Uh, so, JP, if you need help, please reach out. Uh, reminder that it is a small group weekend uh, for that. And while you're in your small groups, uh, we have room at the end coming in, and we need to start planning some dates. Uh, those dates have been emailed out. My group will be taking the first one, which is next week, uh, but November 26th. We are looking for some volunteers there, whether it's a small group or individuals. Let me know if you can help serve. Uh, we'll have a potluck coming up in a couple weeks. There'll be some signups coming out that way. Um, the pantry. I'm getting bowling supplies. So if you want to bless me with some money, I'm going to go out today and get some stuff. Or if you want to bring some stuff in, that'd be great. 
There's uh, ideas inside the bulletin where you can talk to me. And then, before we let you go, um, I do want to point out that we are blessed with the greens here and that there is some young man back there that has more facial hair than I can grow in my life. Um, so it is great to see, and you guys should meet this JC guy because he looks impeccable. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, coffee, donuts, share some love, and meet the greens again. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.